Welcome to Commander L Podcast, featuring powerful messages by Commander L, founder and pastor of the Kingdom Ambassadors, a movement dedicated to steering young people of Africa and the world, bringing a revolutionary message and showcasing God's existence in today's advanced world. Listen and be blessed. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. How many of you have heard this scripture before? Alright, good. Very often we immediately assume spiritual warfare, right? Okay, let's just read from verse 1. Give it to me probably from the NLT. So we understand the context within which Paul was speaking. Interesting scripture. From verse 1. Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ. Though I realize you think I am timid in person and bold only when I write far, from far away. So, relax. So, the Apostle Paul that we know of, there is a problem we're now seeing being revealed. Which is that when Paul came around in person, he looked so timid and it's like, <laughs> but in the letters you'll be writing boldly. For we have been lifted far above all principalities and powers. And we are seated at rest. When he comes there, so, Paul, this is, oh, I understand. We are all trying small, small. Let's, this is this guy, he only talks big in his letters. Well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. In other words, if I came, and I was charismatic and I was bold and I had the swagger and I had the style. Probably you respect and love me more. But he says that my actions are not motivated by human motives. In other words, I don't observe the crowd and say, okay, if I'm bold, it will work. Or if I dress this way, it will work. No. He says what we are actually doing, you've missed the focus. The point of it is not physical charisma. The point of our actions is not for it to appeal to you physically, there is another work that we are routing in you that does not source from the material plane. So now what is the thing? Verse 3. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. In other words, the human thing to do there will be to be bold when I come to you, but we are not going to act like humans. We are not going to try to appeal to your senses. What are we going to do? Verse 4. We use God's mighty weapons. So number one, we know that Father has an itinerary of weapons. Like your heavenly Father, he has a whole bank of weapons down that he's purposed to use for something. God gets back up. God has weapons. Not worldly weapons. So they are not like the physical weapons. So when I say God has weapons, your mind, somebody was imagining a chest. With some golden sword inside. So, I am Elohim. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. In other words, there is a specific agenda that all of God's power, all of God's skill in weaving out a weapon is to accomplish. Clifford, God's weapons is not to kill demons per se. God's weapon is aimed at the human mind. Hey, you missed it. I'm saying that God's mighty weapons, God came together in all his might to invent a weapon and the purpose of the weapon was for your brain. 
Like the purpose of the weapon was for your brain. What in the brain? It says to knock down strongholds of human reasoning. In other words, certain mindsets that we have that have held on to us strongly. We cannot change from it. But the point is that it doesn't align to the Father's way. In Genesis, the Bible says God came. When he saw that he had made, he said it was good. Like God is the only one who can determine the standards of good. He saw all that he had made and said it was good. So for us to live good lives, for us to live meaningful lives, for us to live anything impactful, it's only God that can decide. So if I were Satan, I'd attack your reasoning. Make sure you don't think like God. Make sure you don't have the father's mind. Because to have the father's mind is to have the mindset for good. And to destroy false arguments. Now that's a very interesting phrasing. False word. Arguments. In other words, that's what Satan also does. He argues. Some of us choose to call him the accuser of the brethren. Like, but he chooses to argue. In other words, for everything that is a suggestion, an intuition from the Lord, Satan rushes in immediately to argue. That is his own. To argue. To give you reasons why you can't or should not do what God is prompting you to. From your prayer life to your fasting life to ideas to decisions. Today I was sharing with somebody something very small, very, very small. And I, I feel like I can share it with you guys. Now, something so small like this, right? This meeting was supposed to happen on the 13th. This meeting was supposed to happen on the 13th. On the 13th we call and guess what they say? They said, oh, we're sorry, some things came up. Uh, so we'll recommend 20th. The thing is, we've planned, we've done everything, we've decided 13th. And for some, the weirdest of reasons, there was no argument. All we said was, oh, cool. Yeah, let's move it to 20th. The moment we moved it, the following day, one of the great teachers God had given me in Nigeria said he was coming to Ghana to come and have a meeting on the 12th and 13th. Now, if, just if, we had decided to do it on the 13th, the series of miracles, the series of blessings, like so many things that happened within those two days, all of it would have been cut short because we'd be busy preparing for our meeting. Like something so casual, but like, can you imagine if we had decided to do it on the 13th, we wouldn't even know what we missed. Like series of things happened though, but what we missed wouldn't even have reflected, like we wouldn't even have an idea of what we missed. To us, the meeting was powerful and life moved on. But to God, you just missed out on something big that I set in your calendar. No, that's the point of me. So that's Satan's thing. To make you think everything is fine. To make you think all is well. Meanwhile, you are missing out on very little, little things that the father is prompting. Can you imagine something as little as, ah, did God really say you shouldn't eat? Oh, nah, Charlie, just eat the thing. Now, watch this. Something so casual. It was a bite. Brah, brah. Think about it, a bite. It had a ripple effect in existence. Decisions had to be taken in eternity, had to be taken on earth. Like, <laughs> just look at the ripple effect of that one little argument that Satan brought. One argument. Verse 5. And I'm coming to an end. Soon. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. 
So what I was iterating here, knowing God, knowing God. He says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So you said Paul is not bold in the, in the flesh. He said, the thing is that I wasn't fighting in the flesh. The thing is that I was engaging something else that you guys don't know. Which is that while you are there wearing nice dresses and doing all the branding so that you can appeal to men as ministers of God. He says, I was waging war in their minds. Yeah, I may have sounded timid, but what you don't realize is that I just captured a thought from them. And I forced that thought to the obedience of Christ. This was what Paul's life was dedicated to. Waging war against human thoughts. Can I conclude? Let's go to Ephesians 6. Verse 11 to 18. Ephesians 6 verse 11 to 18. Put on the full armor of God. So that you will to start. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, there are certain circles, right, that don't necessarily believe in the fact that there is a warfare bait to Christianity. Like, I mean, it's one of these branches that just come up in the doctrinal, you know, the things of God. Like, somebody just comes up and he has decided, I believe that positive confessions are enough to solve everything. Don't even think about the evil one. Don't even think about the enemy. All these witchcraft, all these things, they are not actively present. It's because you are thinking about them, that's why you are giving them power. You see, there is a large chunk of truth in what they've said. But they've left out also another large chunk of truth. When you see somebody wearing a tutu, what, what do you immediately assume? Sorry, the dress they wear to do ballet. It's called, it's called tutu. <laughs> There's a place on the Mount Pong, the Ebri Ridge called tutu. <laughs> when you see people wearing the tutu, what, 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 what do you assume? They're going to dance ballet, right? When you see me in a, in a lab coat, what do you, what do you, maybe doctor or something around that side, right? Hey, when, when you see me, when you see me in a space suit, you say, ah, commander, why, where are you going? Venus, Pluto, what, what's happening, commander? No, we can literally determine even the purpose of people for their life based on the attire they wear. This is the attire he said you should wear. Listen to me. In the spirit, this was the prescription. Not during warfare, every day of your life. Not because Satan is planning to fight you. He says, as a believer, this is your costume. This is your attire. When you go swimming, you wear a swimsuit, right? Because it's that, that's the, the attire that helps you function the most, the best in that particular environment. During summer, we wear light clothes because that's what suits the environment we are in the best. During winter, when it's cold, we wear thick things because that's what suits the environment the best. When you are a believer, you put on the whole armor of God because that is what suits your purpose the best. Why? So that we can stand against the walls of the enemy. Of the devil. In other words, bro, you are a joke if you think Satan is smiling at you. 
Number two, how I wish you have half the faith you have in bacteria that you cannot see with your eyes. I wish you just, you have just half of that faith. Some of you will live and will die and will never see a bacteria once in your life, but you know it's present. You use the sanitizer and after using it before you go, you just press the last one and use it again. A little extra does not hurt. Just half of that faith in the fact that there is a spiritual personality whose agenda for life is to oppose what God has for you. Just half of that faith. And then you will come to find out that it will shift you back on tangent. Now, I'm not saying make Satan your preoccupation. I'm saying that why would you wear an armor? Go onto a battlefield and not ask who is the enemy. Bishop, that's a good general. He says, a good general knows his invisible enemy. Like, you are a good general. The sign is that you know that there is an enemy. Who is invisible? <laughs> Let's continue. It's all. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. So now we get it. There are spiritual forces present. Let's continue. 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil in the evil day. And having none all to stand, continue. Stand therefore, having loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, above all. Charlie, it says that you should, <laughs> you should do all to stand, and when you are standing, wear the armor. So already, wearing the armor is above all. Then now they said, above all, they are above you all. There's also another above all. So the, the extra above all is that take the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Give it to me from the King James. One. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. One. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Please, Satan is shooting things at you. Listen to me. Satan is shooting things at you. And from the short prefix I gave, you should understand that Satan shooting things at you is not you waking up saying that I had a nightmare and I'm feeling pain in my lower rib. No, but Satan shooting things at you is him planting thoughts that do not align with what God has for you. In other words, you are taking decisions that is making you miss out on major things that should bring transformation to you. Like, that is what we talk about when we are saying that this is war. We are saying that we are bringing back your consciousness to the fact that you are supposed to have a thought pattern that aligns to that of the Father who is the standard for good. A lot of people think all is well. I remember Pastor Jerezi shared a testimony. He said he was doing well. He got a job with the UN. Earning big money. They had struggled their whole life. He moved his father to a beautiful, his mother to a beautiful apartment. One day the mother was sick. Said something that was incurable. She was going to die. And one day the mother summoned him. When he got there, the mother said, it's because of you I'm going to die. He said the mother was a prayer warrior her whole life. Praying every day, three hours, five hours, six hours. He said when he got there, the mother said, it's because of you I'm about to die. Anyway, close your eyes and let's pray. The mother prayed. I think how I many like some two or three hours. Just prayed. Back to a sick woman dying. 
just prayed back to back like that time. When she finished, it's because you've not grown to where you're supposed to be. That's why I'm dying. Yes, just a few days later, the mother died. The thing, it gingered the guy. He left the UN, became a man of God. Today, see the thousands that are being blessed by his ministry. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He would have been busily sharing a testimony in church of how God gave him a job at the UN when the father does not recognize what he's doing. When the father has nothing to do with what he's doing. With his human wisdom, he has accomplished something. But in the agenda of God, he has missed the point completely. What he's doing now would have served a great, far greater purpose than his work in the UN. But because he didn't understand the warfare. This is war. In this short sermon, I, I've, I've told you, number one, we are in a war. Number two, don't get confused. It's not a war with guns and swords. It's a war of the mind. Number three, Satan's greatest battle is to fight your thinking pattern. Make sure you don't think in alignment to what God has for your life. So the next time you are battling and killing Satan, remember he's smiling at you. He's giving you the prayer topics. Just remember that. Just remember he's smiling. He's smiling. Better, better for the enemy than fighting him is to make you fight the wrong enemy. So yeah, keep fighting. Yeah, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. And have no understanding of the father. Have no understanding of who the father is or what the father is requiring of you. Now, can I show you the last scripture? Genuinely the last scripture. <laughs> Let's go to First Peter. Chapter 5 verse 8. Genuinely. First Peter 5 8. Be sober. Tell somebody be sober. Tell somebody be not drunk with wine. <laughs> tell your neighbor be sober. So, but nowhere in the Bible does it say we shouldn't smoke. We tell your neighbor be sober. Anything that makes you high is not allowed. He said be sober. Tell your neighbor one more time be sober. Be sober. One more time be sober. Be sober. Yeah, you're too high. There's only one most high, and he's the one we serve. Though no other high is, is allowed. No other high is allowed. Be sober, be vigilant. So if you're a believer, don't say God understands. It's not like we are getting to oh, it's just once in a while chilling. God says be sober. Believer, you are in the car. There is some small energy there. You be sober. Sober, it's not allowed. It's not a, if you want to grow in God, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to experience the full benefits of your relationship with God, please learn to remember God does not take excuses. Those little, little petty excuses you are making, God is not making them with you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. So, number one, everybody here has an enemy. He says, Your adversary, he didn't say because their adversary, he personalizes him, he says, Your adversary your adversary the devil just in case you are confused i'm specifying your adversary just in case you are confused is the devil in other words satan is real he's after you not after us you <laughs> listen satan is the best shepherd you ever find he listen he will go sheep one at a time oh trust me 
upon all the many busy things Satan had to do, he left everything to go and be with Jesus. 40 days, the guy was there. He was with him. You know, the Matthew accounts doesn't tell it, but Luke's account tell it. You can quickly check there. Look for. Let's go. Let's go quickly. Genuinely, genuinely. Is there like, I'm not, I'm not quoting the scripture. Listen, I didn't quote it. I said you should go there. Luke chapter 4. Yes, it's one AI. So it's, it's still under the one. Oh, look for. Okay. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Continue. Being 40 days tempted of the devil. No, no. This is the thing. You know, normally we think Satan came on the last day. Matthew's accounts make it look that way. But Luke's account, Luke, the doctor, the one who says, me, I don't write things that I don't have facts for. He said that when we were hearing Peter, no, I'll try the, uh, Matthew, no, I'll try the end of Pastor Pastor. He was just writing. He missed the detail. Je- I promise. Jesus said that it was, he was tempted for 40 days. <laughs> he said, being <laughs> 40 days tempted of the devil. For 40, Satan said, we are, oh, don't worry, wait on God, we are here. Say, Satan, he, he, he said, he said, Jesus, oh, don't worry, don't worry, I'll wait, I'm here. <laughs> I'll wait. Oh, don't, don't, don't rush, don't rush it to relax, I'm here. He waited 40 days. Satan has time. Where have you been? I've been to and fro there, and everything seems to be peaceful, come moving according to my plan. God said, but wait. You think everything is moving according to how come Job is in alignment with me? He said, I'll be that guy, you've exempted him. There is a shield around. God said, go, no, boom. The guy, it's shepherd, good shepherd. He will leave every, the 99 for the one. He, he went, he went there, coolly, to go and find Job. Listen to me. Don't be deceived into thinking that everything is going well. My grades are good. My this is good. I'm just giving an example of how, I'm saying that, you see, don't, don't be the standard of measurement for good. Don't say it's moving well. It's in alignment. Oh, my prayer life is down. I'm working on it small. No, work on it urgently because you've missed out on too much. What could have summarized now the eight years that should have completed the assignment is now 16. But you've not realized and you are, you are calm. You're relaxed. Do I'm working on it. I'll get better. Well, next year there's my resolution. But now the 16 years has become 32. And we are pushing. The children of Israel didn't know that from Egypt to the promised land, through the way of the Philistines, was 11 days. They didn't know. Murmuring, grumbling, not being grateful, moving. 11 days became 40 days. And and even the 40 days, they still weren't aware that it was a 40-day journey. They were moving, still grumbling, still murmuring. And the Bible says that they circled in the wilderness for 40 years. Finally, God had given a word. I'm taking you to a promise that you're going to dominate the land. You're going to do this. They got there and Satan whispered to them. There are giants in the land. Now you can't take this thing. And everybody, now a lot of people don't get this, including Moses and Aaron. Because the Bible says, and the congregation picked up stones to stone Moses and Aaron. They were quiet. And the Bible says, Joshua and Caleb, they stood up and silenced the congregation. There were two young guys there who said, Moses, if you won't talk, we will. Because we heard what God said. He says, we are well able to take the land. They, moved, they, they said, we can go now. They didn't have an enemy. They said, we can go. Because they were thinking in alignment to God's, God's thoughts. 
And guess what? The Bible says every single one, including Moses and Aaron, died in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb entered. They were thinking in alignment to... Can you imagine? The people that were promised to enter the promised land, none of them would have entered, even though God said it. That is why you have to understand the seriousness of the war. You, ha- you have to understand the seriousness. No, listen. Satan didn't manifest as another nation's army to attack them in the desert. Nothing like that was happening. He was just feeding them with the wrong thoughts. Wrong thoughts, wrong thoughts, wrong thoughts. Be sober, be vigilant. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You watch a little of all these animal kingdom stuff. And you know that lions don't just attack. They look for isolated sheep. They look for weaklings. They look for those that are not as strong as the flock. And normally, they wait till the entire flock is moving. So they wait till when God starts doing what he wants to do. Then they find a way of separating you from the rest of the flock. Then they pounce on you. You know the first thing they do? They hold your neck and suffocate you. They prevent you from breathing. They prevent you from releasing pneuma. From releasing spirit. They prevent you from praying. So, study the lion and know how Satan works. Be sober because you adversary the devil. Now, let me hit on the word adversary. Your adversary. And then I promise you we are close. Antidikos. Antidikos. Neil Kai's poem is making me feel guilty for using a Greek word. He said the church is not Greek words. <laughs> Antidikos. Adversary. Which means somebody who opposes an opponent. Somebody who opposes. So by the very word used to describe Satan, we should know the way he functions. He's not the fighter. He's not a killer. He's the opposer. In other words, God says move right. Satan's job is to make you go left. His job is not to kill you on the right. His job is to make you go left. That's, that's Satan's job. God says that leave this job and do this one so that you can minister to these people within this space so that I can do this. With. Satan says, no, go for a better job here. So if his opposition means to bless you, then at that point, Satan will be your blessing. So he's the adversary. The person who opposes he opposes, he opposes, he opposes. Never forget, thank you, I like the lights this way. Never forget, he opposes. Never forget, he what? Everybody, never forget, he what? So if the lights are supposed to be done, what does Satan do? He will turn the lights on. So he opposes. <laughs> he opposes. Never forget this. This is war, simply saying that you were born for much more. Simply saying that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before then that we should walk in them. God is looking for practical works from you. But this is what saying that Satan will say relax. Satan will make somebody so priceless, somebody so powerful live an ordinary life. Now can I share one prophecy I gave somebody with you? Recently I was with one beautiful sister of mine and then I made mention of a secular artist. No, this was by the spirit though. I just made mention of the secular artist. Doing very well. I think I'll mention his name. I don't want to say it now. Let me just be talking then to come. So, I, I made mention of the secular artist. And I said, you, you are timid. You are, you are, you are not allowing yourself. Because the Lord says, anytime you want to see where you should have been in him, look at this secular artist. Then she looked at my face. And I said, 
You know, and from face value, I don't follow this worldly trend, so I don't know anything about any of them. But from his face, he looks old. Right? He looks older than his age. Can you imagine that the secular is the same age as the girl and the same birthday? As the girl. As the girl. As the girl. Yeah, as the girl. And can you imagine? I told her, I said, if you want to know where you should have been in the Lord, look at where he is in the world. That's what the spirit says, I should tell you. She goes to check and it is her birthday. The same age. Meaning they were born on the same day, the same year. And not knowing what shook me to the spine was that she was supposed to be she's supposed to be accomplishing so much more for God, but she's giving excuses. What are her excuses? Her excuses that she's living a good normal life according to her standards. Oh, but I'm doing well. Oh, but I'm trying. Oh, but I'm praying. Hey, but I'm studying. Oh, but I finished school. Hey, Charlie, by God's grace, I finished this. And we are living mundane, purposeless, whatever, degenerated lives in the name of the Lord. This is war. Renew your thinking. Get closer to the Lord so you can get closer to yourself. He says he died for us so that those who live will no longer live for themselves but for him. God doesn't just want you to do things in his name. Yeah, I see. You know, there are secular artists now who write a lot of secular songs and they say, if not for God, you think I'll be writing these songs. I'm here by the grace of God. And this, and sometimes when people are not mature in the Lord, such words can persuade them. No, it comes with such a smooth sway. So you can easily fall for them. Go like, oh, aside everything, he's a good person. No. Somebody's using vulgar words, doing all kinds of things. And he says that, listen, I promise you, be by God grace at the year. Then, 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 all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's, he loves the Lord. No, no, no. God's statement was not mentioning me in your songs. That's not what he asked for. In fact, gospel is not mentioning God's name in a song. Gospel means the good news, the truth. It means that the song is speaking God's wisdom which sounds foolish to men. In other words, gospel music was never meant to appeal to the world. Because it's supposed to be foolishness to them. Listen, bro, you can mention God's name as many times as you want. It doesn't mean you are living for him. See that? You can come to church every Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday, whatever you want. You can be carrying the pastor's bag for him. It, that's not living for him. As much as these things are relevant, you get to learn a lot. It's not the same as living for him. Get to know God. Dig into the word. Start to renew your mindset. Find out what would God think about this thing I'm thinking about. Find out if God were me, born to my parents in my neighborhood, what would be his mindset? What would be his reaction to life? Find out that. Jesus is supposed to look down and say, oh, look at her doing what I couldn't do. He said, the works that I do, you will do also is he that believes in me the works that I do you will do also then he says and greater works will you do because I go to the father 
Meaning his going to the father is what qualifies the saint for greater ways. But what advantage was in him going to the father? He says, when I go, I'll send for the comforter. In other words, the presence of the Holy Ghost in us qualifies us to not be greater than the Lord, but to do greater works. No, Jesus himself said, I beg, it's not me. Jesus said it. You are supposed to work. You are supposed to do amazing things. Like you are worth so much. The problem is you've been hearing wrong things all this while. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to tell you like there is much more to you. Being in the Lord, as we say, is not just the speaking in the tongues. As relevant as it is. It's not just the dressing nice to church. As relevant as it is. Being in the Lord, he says you are his masterpiece. Created anew in Christ. Unto good works. All of that, the dying on the cross, the, the salvation, everything was unto good works, which God before did that you should walk in them. So God is expecting you to do. Tell your neighbor, do. Tell your neighbor, do. I tell your neighbor, do. Tell your neighbor, get up and do. Heaven is counting on you. Everybody begin to speak in tongues. No one should stand on their feet. Begin to speak in tongues. Begin to speak in tongues, everybody. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Parabashata dagababandu shavrahatasa. Paragabadon shavradagababas santosh kabriya shavadagabandu savata. Libra koshta varagabandu shavate skobahat. Lezibro katadagabandu shavranda kabatosh kevinia shavis. Ipeliko shavranda kabazmahatasa. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. Marabashati vadagabangwa sisavan hashkes. Your temples have gathered here tonight, Lord. Zeimbra akishno hovolor. Thank you, Lord, as we have gathered here tonight. We thank you that your word, the proceeding of your word, has captured thoughts that do not align to you. Thank you so much, Father, that this is a break for them. Thank you so much, Father, that light has come to them. Thank you so much, Father, that everything has changed about them. You said we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thank you, Father for transformation that has come to them transformation that has come to them transformation that has come to them I thank you so much father now I declare over every single person sitting here that transformation has come to you that every single seed that fell on the ground of your heart is falling on good soil as the Lord said, he said, I will give them hearts of flesh. I pray that you have hearts of fertile soil. Every seed that I uttered tonight, I declare and I speak in the name of Jesus that it is falling on good, healthy soil. I declare that you are yielding a hundred percent fruit from this word. 20 minutes here in the word of God. But I declare and I speak that it's a lifetime of change. A lifetime of change. I declare a lifetime of change. Thank you, Father for complete transformation that has come to your people. I thank you Lord. 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 An ignited passion to know your word. To know your word. To know your word. An ignited passion. I declare and I speak that they have the hearing ear, the seeing eye and an understanding heart to be able to grasp the truth from your word. Thank you Father that their mindsets are working on. They will live here knowing they have the mind of Christ. I declare and I speak in the name of Jesus. You are not the same. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus, you are not the same. 
the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, you will prophesy with them and you'll be turned into another man the Bible says the prophet said to Saul you will be turned into another man the spirit of God is able to bring transformation even in a day so I declare that today marks the beginning of a lifelong transformation for you thank you so much father this is war but even then we know that in him we are more than conquerors this is a battle we've already won and we thank you father for this thank you for the transformation Thank you for the change that is coming to them. That is coming to their neighborhoods, their societies, and the continent of Africa as a whole. Thank you that Africa is a light to the rest of the world. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that light beings are rising. He says, you are the light of the world. I declare that light beings are rising. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and we give you thanks that this is done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen and amen.